Is that a bit better? Yeah. <laughs> you may want to turn it off before the service is over. <laughs> so we were come to say a big thank you to you for welcoming us here, especially to the hosts who've allowed us to invade your patch and privacy. Uh, and thank you to you, Sam, for your generosity, imagination, and faith for setting up this Living Hope mission. And we thank the good Lord, of course, for watching over us giving us faith and courage and strength. Now, do you, can I invite Marika and Johnny to come and join me here? And um, I got a couple of questions. Um, you first, you're the tallest. So I've asked them to prepare and with the simple question, what, the hundreds of things we've seen got at work out, I've asked them to do the difficult thing, pick one what has impressed you in your experience of this Living Hope mission where you've seen God at work? Chris. Yeah, so... Hello. It's on? Yeah. Is that got, yeah, great. So I, um, I've loved... Uh, we've had lots of opportunities in different contexts to go out and chat with people um, who don't yet know Jesus. And I've, I've really, really loved that. It's been some amazing conversations I've had and... And yeah, I just want to encourage you that um, there is there's a the, the harvest is plentiful out there, and people are really open and receptive to the gospel um, in loads of different ways. Um, so I really want to encourage you about that. Um, it's been a real encouragement to me, and um, and great. So um, yeah, I encourage you to to be bold in, in having conversations with your with your friends and your your family and um, different people you encounter throughout the week. Thank you, Chris. And what he means, I think, is that he enjoyed moving out from here onto the streets and to see who's moving around and chatting and sharing invitations and getting into dialogue, even with 20 Muslim lads at once, and inviting them to different things. And he's lived to tell the tale. Marika, you have another story to tell us. Where did you see God at work? So I went um, with a few others to uh, some secondary schools to um, teach RE lessons. This was my very first time in a UK school, so I was very nervous. But I was absolutely overwhelmed by the welcome that we received there. After we'd done our little talk about sacraments, not really your first topic for an evangelistic talk, I think, um, the teachers who sat at the back, they said to the, to the people in the class, now, we teachers know a thing or two, but these guys are the real experts, and you want to ask them any question you have about faith. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> How often do you just push people to ask any question that you have about faith? And so we were able to tell um, a bit of testimony, tell about prayer, about Jesus, why we love Jesus. And it was a really amazing opportunity and I come from the Netherlands and in the Netherlands this would not happen. Schools are way, way, way more suspicious about getting people of different faiths in to like share their experience. So I want to encourage you and tell you that there is a lot of curiosity amongst teenagers about what is faith, who is Jesus, how does it all work. 
one guy in another class asked whether you can use garlic bread for communion. <laughs> there, I, I tell you, there is a lot of curiosity, and I think we can step into that and witness about Jesus. Well done, Marika. And before she set out, she said, I don't mind what you do, but don't ask me to go into schools. Well, bad luck. The spirit had <laughs> other ideas. And the aim is you start from the familiar and you move beyond your comfort zone. And now you can't stop the girl. She's on it. <laughs> Bless you, Marika. Uh, you've got a step closer. Johnny, how about you? Uh, what have you seen in your few days with us here in, the, in West Ealing? I've got at work. Yeah, um, we had a great night here on Friday night. We did a sports quiz. Um, give us a little, little whoop if you're at the sports quiz. Yeah. yeah it was good. It was a good evening. Um, but I think my highlight was yesterday. I had the privilege of helping with the soup kitchen. Um, and it was a real joy just to be part of an incredible team of people um, who just want to serve this community uh, practically um, and show the love of Jesus um, <laughs> through food, which is kind of a thing that Jesus did anyway. So... Um, it was, it was really amazing to be able to, to meet people, chat with people, find out what's going on for them. And um, I was deeply humbled by some of the conversations that I had with people. Um, I chatted to an Iranian guy who had been in the UK for 10 years and had become homeless, lost his job, um, lost all his, passp- his passport, everything. He had nothing left. And I was able to pray with him. And he's really, really open to Jesus. And, um, yeah, I just think there's so many people that are coming into this church building that um, are, are warm to the gospel. And so you have a great opportunity. We're, we're leaving, but you guys are the people that live here. Um, and um, we're kind of just parachuted in. Um, and we've learned a lot from, from the way that you love people and, and are as a community. So thank you um, for blessing us. And just to say you've had stories from the team, but you've got a lot of stories here as well to share. And I was saying to the team that if I opened up the mic to all of you, we would need an extra hour. These are days of renewal, so we could stay longer and longer and longer. But do share. Do share amongst ourselves, and it's a joy. Shall we just stretch out a hand and bless the team? Some of them have already gone. Let's just pray for them. Pray for them in your own words. Some of you have been part and joining with them and the events that they've hosted and hosted them in your connect groups as well as they've come. Just pray for them. Lord, I thank you so much for this team, for these people who are on fire for you. We are all learning. We are all called to be disciples. None of us knows it all. Lord, we thank you that we learn from you. So feel them, feel us with your spirit empowered to serve you in mission daily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you, guys. I'm going to invite Johnny to bring our Bible reading and then Bruce will speak. Thank you. Great. Well, we're going to turn to God's Word. If you have a Bible with you, or there's maybe some in the seats in front of you, um, oh, it's on the screen even better. All these high-tech churches. Um, if you like the old-fashioned getting on in front of you, we're on John chapter 1. 
um, on page one, uh, 1063. So John chapter 1, verses 6 to 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made, or though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together that the Lord will reveal himself. Thank you, dear Lord, for this beautiful opportunity to come together in your presence to worship you. We thank you for these signs of grace and love to families, especially to mothers on this Mothering Sunday. And we pray now, as your word is opened and your spirit falls, that we will know new life. Brand new life for those who are coming to Jesus for the first time. An overflowing life for those who are mature but want to be anointed with your spirit and sent out to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's Mothering Sunday, and I don't know whether you have had a chance to make a call or send a present. Uh, I had to plan ahead myself and leave behind a, a bunch of flowers and a a card before I set off last Saturday morning. <clears throat> Just thought I'd get in there eight days early. Have to think ahead. Uh, uh, but I'm looking forward to doing a, a little tea and a chat, etc. So we thank God that we have mothers and we are alive. If you pause for a moment to think about it, this is a big miracle. I live opposite the guy who's professor of astronomy, or you could say astrophysics if you want, but he's good at the stars. And uh, I wonder if you know that there is a, a, a telescope called the James Webb Telescope, and it's looking at stuff going back in time. And it's doing so because it's got the infrared. It's doing an electronic thing, not just the light refracted. And they're seeing stuff which is pretty near the Big Bang. It's absolutely awesome. So when you see the size of these galaxies and the numbers and the age in which they've taken to form, uh, yeah, it's quite a while. And we are looking up and we're seeing a little blue marble spinning around in the darkness of space. And we are alive today, my friends. Look around and give thanks for this unique miracle. And God has graciously allowed us to become co-creators with him 
could have arranged it another way. But he made us in his image, male and female, he created us, that we might reflect his image. An image of love, to return or withhold that love in worship or witness. Or to say, no, I'm on my own. It's my world, it's my life, my body, I'll do what I want, thanks. And we've got the opportunity to be co-creators with God, to bring young lives into the world and to nurture them, to give them guidance and encouragement, confidence and hope. And we entrust them to childminders and uh, mums and tots and a primary school and a secondary school and a college. And before you know, they're out there and they've fled or flown the nest. It's a hard call being a mother, isn't it? Quite a call. But we want to thank God for our mothers, don't we? And to say we don't want to take any of this for granted. It is so easy to think that this is natural. It is not. It is miraculous. And so, give thanks for the life you received from your mother in your early days. For the love and the kindness of support, whether well or sick, that you received day by day. And thank God for the liberty you have to go and grow. And it's hard for a mother to both receive you and release you. Quite tough. So, it's a costly call. It's full of sacrificial love. And we are so grateful today that we can say, Mum, I love you. Uh, you've got to say it with a card. Say the words. But don't just drift it through the air. It's got to have something that's tangible to grab again and read more than once. And you need a sign, don't you, to say, well, don't just say it. Show you mean it. So there's got to be at least one daffodil in there somewhere, hasn't there? <laughs> Please. So what I'm saying is, and this is the secret of John's Gospel, we are showing love to our mothers by word and sign. We say it on a card and we show it with the flowers. Well, the chocolates and the wine and anything else you think of is a good sign of love. Don't just tell me. Show me. And that is the message of John's Gospel. Now, there are some rather famous mums around. I brought just three to show you. Um, Hello, magazine. And here are three royal mums. Are you, have you seen this edition of Hello? And here they are. Kate's in the front, of course. Well, Princess of Wales, to you. Uh, anyway, she is uh, doing a project. Uh, come back to that in a sec. That's Kate, yeah. Zara, over here. She's uh, another one coming. Eugenie. August, I think the expected delivery date is. See, I've done my homework. And here are three royal mums. Well, I want to say well done for bringing new life into the world. It's not just an heir and a spare, you know. There's loads of them. (laughs) And you are royal mums as well if you are children of God, if you're in the royal family, if you know Christ as king. So I thought I'd just offer that as a sign of God's creative, co-creative love. Here is the bit I find. I don't know if you can see this. It says, Mum on a mission. Well, I couldn't walk past that, could I? I'm on a mission on Mothering Sunday. (laughs) 
mum on a mission, and this is Kate, we are Princess of Wales, uh, who is really committed to early years formation. I think she understands that for herself, what she's received from her parents, and let's be bold, I think she sees that sometimes there is a tension between public duty and family care, and that tears a mum apart. And she's keen to put in and restore, can we use a phrase from the good book, to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. So this is what she feels called to, mum on a mission. Well, we've got mums on a mission, and uh, we're here, and we want to explore this adventure. I'll say this now. We want to offer these beautiful gifts and signs because we want to say there are options of how to understand these signs. I left one thing here. Well, I'm really grateful that there are some lovely blossoms and blooms around. And um, here's one I brought from some time back. Well, look, it's still doing all right. What do you reckon? Not too bad, yeah? And the snag was, there was another group here, didn't do quite so well. The thing about cut flowers is they look grateful on the day. Perhaps how long do they last? One week, two maybe? Five days? Yeah. Not quite so good on this side. What sort of comment will I get if I give these flowers on Mother Wing Sun? Yeah, I might look good with this and I wouldn't look very good with these. Well, that is the snag, isn't it, about these flowers. You know what it says? The days of man are like the flower of the field. He grows up. But when the wind comes upon it, it is gone, and its place shall know it no more. I have to say, that's a psalm used in the funeral service. So we have to know that this is a precious life and precious days. But this is what happens when you have cut flowers. They're cut, and you could say we're cut and cut down. But what if... What if you were in a pot? What if... So these little ones here, these are hopeful plants because they're potted and they've got bulbs and they're in the soil and if you love them and put some baby bio on them, they might bud, blossom and bloom. But, like Blue Peter, here's one I did earlier... Ta-da! And this one has been nurtured and loved and had some water on it and it's blooming where it's planted, yeah? I suppose it should come out of a pot and put in, in a greenhouse and you've got to look after it if the chilly winds blow but you could put it out, couldn't you, on the patio and in the garden and if you loved it, it might come up next year as well. There is some kind of hope and life if you're rooted and grounded in love. And if that's the love of God, which is the good soil, which will bear fruit. That's why we've said, bloom where you're planted. So that's an illustration, really, of the gift of flowers. And here's the natural thing. We find it hard to believe that our days are short. So I want you to seize the moment. 
show the love. Say it and show it. I have to be frank and say, all people are human and mothers are no exception. And sometimes under stress, mistakes can be made. Some find it hard to cope and find that they fall into neglect or they're distracted. Um, to be honest, if the pain is too hard, people look to hide from the pain and get into addiction of drugs and alcohol or holidays or escape or films or videos or social media, anything. We're in a culture of distraction to take our minds off the hardship and the struggle of pain. Being honest, I have to stand and ask for apologies, uh, 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 for forgiveness as an apology, because sometimes men are themselves the cause of the problem, both within and outside marriage. And we have to stand and uh, look in the mirror and say, how can we model the honest and per persistent love of God? And we need to pray for healing. Remember the psalm that says, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord takes me up. And the Lord does want to love you and share his grace with you. But let's pray that that has tangible and practical form right here. Thank God for the beauty of the, the soup kitchen and the way that you're welcoming everybody here. I want to be even more honest. Sometimes people find themselves unexpectedly pregnant and look like they're becoming mothers before it was planned. And it's a real tough challenge. What to do then? What on earth is this society's solution? What should we do? And I know I'm treading in a tender area. But I've got to be real about the world as we see it today. Um, is abortion the lesser of two evils? Or is that a no-no? What about adoption, giving up a child to other parents who can nurture and care for them? Adopting or adapting, maybe. What about finding support from the family and the family of God as enfolding circles to bear and bring up a child? Do they say in India, perhaps in Africa also, it takes a whole village to bear and care for a child? So what kind of village could we be? I think God's village to stand in. I'm going to be open now. I prayed with some people at both ends of this area up the street who were concerned about the extent of abortion. They're called to pray for the whole of Lent, asking the Lord to have mercy on those who are thoughtlessly removing potential children. A tough one, full of ethical minefields and uh, pastoral care. But it's important that we pray and find a way of saying, how can we love both of them, the mother and the unborn child? I want to say thank God for Mary. So we thank God for our mothers, with the beauty of it and the dilemma of it. Thank God for Mary, who graciously gave birth to Jesus. Uh, the angel came. What a shock. She had her plans. And the, the angel said, um, actually, God has a plan for you, and by his Holy Spirit, it's going to overshadow you, and you're going to give birth to a young boy. His name is Jesus. She was surprised by this message, but she responded bravely and beautifully, even though it was at immense cost for her. 
Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What beautiful submission, obedience, and sensitivity to the sovereign will of God. So the Holy Spirit came upon her and gave her new life. She gave birth to Jesus, and uh, she knew that God was going to use this child to save the world. I believe she raised that child beautifully at home. I can imagine that she sang the psalms to him morning and night. I believe she sent him to synagogue school in Nazareth to be taught in the law, the prophets, and the wisdom. Certainly they went together, didn't they, as a family regularly to the national festivals at the temple in Jerusalem. And that brings me to three moments of family tension and concern, even in the Holy Family. It's great to look at Mary as the perfect virgin mother. But she was only human too, like I said we are. Here are three points of stress, I suggest. Age 12, Jesus stayed behind uh, in the temple when the others made their way back after the festival at Passover. Uh, He didn't follow his parents home, and when they came back, Mary said to him, Why have you treated us so thoughtlessly? Don't you know your father and I have been looking for you for ages? Where have you been? And Jesus said, Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Which is a pretty pushback, saying, Joseph, if you're not my real father, God is actually. And I have to trump family life with divine call." And I'm supposed to be about my father's business, starting right here. Question and answers about law and grace. There was a challenge. The young adolescent lad, age 12, at a bar mitzvah, becoming a son of the law. Second, what about the wedding in Cana of Galilee? It says his mother was invited. And then Jesus and the disciples were also invited. So he didn't go with his mum, he went with his friends. Interesting. And then what happens? They run out of wine. Social disaster. Can't look at these people ever again. Do something. So, what happened? Jesus, could you fix this wine problem for us, do you think? Hold on, he says. It's a bit early. My time is not yet come. I don't want to break out into Galilee just yet. If I do these miracles, they're going to see me as somebody with gifted and divine power, and it's going to catapult me, or if we use the word parachute me, into public ministry too soon. And the mum, good Jewish mum, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) And here's a little quiz question. How much wine was created? Well, between 120 and 180 gallons, if you want to know. Depends on how big the water pots were. Well, that'll keep a party going for a bit. I suggest it kept the village of Cana going for a whole week from Sabbath to Sabbath, celebrating this gorgeous gift of marriage and co-creation. Third one, what about when Jesus was busy in Galilee? He was working so hard, wasn't he, morning, noon, and night. It says in Mark that they hardly had time to eat or sleep. And when his mother heard about it, he says, that's my boy. Hey, I've got to intervene. I've got to take him home. He needs a good lie down and a proper fish and chips. Bruce's translation. Anyway, what happens? 
when he gets on with healing and listening and teaching, they say, your, your mother and your brothers are outside. They want to see you. He doesn't rush out and say, oh, mum, welcome, great to see you. He says, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? Those who do the will of God. In other words, I've got a bigger family now, my friends. And this is the new family of God. They said, they think he's out of his mind. Well, that was a challenge. Actually, he had the mind of God and was fulfilling that as a priority. Difficult, isn't it, for parents, human parents, to see the divine call clashing with their human aspirations. Very sensitive to be a mother on Mothering Sunday. It's important now to say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. I want to say, look at the Spirit infusing the beautiful gift of Mary. So can I call Isabel to join me now? Because, and let's put the picture up. And this, uh, Isabel is a bit gifted. She does music and art and a few other things as well. A bit annoying, actually, but never mind. Come closer. And as you look behind it, can you tell us the title of this picture and what prompted you to paint it? Okay, I painted this picture back in 2004, and I called it A Bundle of Joy. And um, it was to celebrate motherhood. Um, At the time of painting it, I wanted to express what it is to be a mother of uh, femininity. I was searching for something at that point when I was painting that particular picture. Fabulous. And let's go to the second picture from Bundle of Joy with a mother and child. We go to something similar and yet totally different. What is this you've done? Yeah. Come close to this. Um, Quite by chance, many years later, I happened to meet somebody actually in my local gym who had been studying iconology. And as soon as I looked at it, I thought, yes, that's what I was looking for. That's the search from a bundle of joy. That's the next move on. And I was, I've been so lucky to spend time uh, studying this. And, um, and it's given me so much more experience as an artist to paint in a prayerful way on a sacred image. And it's giving me something now, an experience that I can then take. And when I look back at the hum, uh, bundle of joy and I look here at the icon, I can take those and create my own pieces of art. And um, the funny thing is, God really does move in his own time And it was while I was recovering from an illness that I found this. This is the mystery, actually. Remember Simeon in the temple saying, wonderful to welcome you, Lord Jesus. But Mary, a sword will pierce your heart also. It's a mystery, this, of life-giving and pain-bearing. Just before you go, am I allowed just to say this? We got chatting about this last Sunday because we had a little healing time after the service. And I simply said, "Uh, how can I pray for you this week, Elizabeth? She said, I've got two doctor's appointments on Monday and Thursday. So you could pray for protection and healing. How did they go, those appointments on Monday and Thursday? Well, they went extremely well. When I came in last Sunday, I was full of fear and worry and stress and sadness as well that my life could change, and I had a few different issues. Anyway, I came up for prayer, and, uh, and it turns out that the scan I had before is all clear, 
And the doctor's now saying that if in six months it still remains clear, I should be considered um, actually healed, you know, so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Look, I've got to make another public confession because when I was praying over this mission in Ealing, as you know how frivolous I am with words. Well, this phrase, this mission should be about healing in Ealing. <laughs> and I can't help it, but this is what's happened. And so praise God for healing in it. Can I pray for you, Isabel? No. Yes. Lord, I want to thank you for this extraordinary mystery of suffering and creativity, uh, of uh, pain and healing. Uh, we stand in your presence in awe to thank you for the medical team who've been looking after her and for your Holy Spirit who's been hastening and deepening that beautiful healing. We come before you asking you to fill Isabel with your Holy Spirit to overflowing and she'll be able to testify to her family and the medics of the grace of God in her life for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, our dying Savior, our beautiful healer, and our risen Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Put it there. So I'm going to try and crisp it up a bit. Jesus, you see, was trying to look at the divine behind the human. This picture in the move, you go from the human to the divine, if you can just look through a little bit deeper. It's not just sight. It's insight. George Herbert wrote a poem. He said, A man who looks on glass, on it may stay his eye. But if he chooses, through it pass, and then the heavens espy. We just need to have sight and insight and to see the beauty. Each person is made in the image of God. If only it's marred, but it can be restored. Mary is both a virgin, a little girl in the north, but she gives birth to this beautiful saviour. We too need grace. Nicodemus couldn't quite grasp this. Uh, he said, um, Jesus, we know you must be from God because nobody can do these teaching signs and these wonderful miracles unless they're sent from God. And Jesus said, well, thanks very much. Can I join the badge of the rabbis in Jerusalem? He didn't say that, did he? He said, never mind what these miracles are now, You've got to be born again. Mothers give us birth into this life. It is the Lord God, by his spirit, who gives us birth into the next life. You must be born again. That's a poor transition. It says, anothen. It must, you must be born from above. The Lord God himself has got to give you new birth if you're going to live. Otherwise, your life is like cut flowers. It blooms for a moment, but it can't last. But if you're born again, the Spirit will come upon you and you'll bloom where you're planted. Planted in a church fellowship here, but planted in the love of God forever. But you need to be born again. So, if you don't, we just decline, decay, and die. But if you do, we come alive, survive, and thrive so we've got this option in front of us now. I hold before you life and death. Death and life. Choose life. How does this work? How could I do that? In John 1, 
in that passage we've just had Johnny read, we hear that Jesus came to his own people, but they didn't want to know. They received him not, as you hear read at Christmas. But as many as did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of natural descent, not of physical process, not of a father's will, but of God. And God is spirit, and he animates us for eternal life by his Holy Spirit. So, that's what Nicodemus had to realize, and that's what John is teaching us about. I wonder if you'd like, in a simple prayer, to move beyond this physical life into eternal life now. And John's great gift is to see it's not pie in the sky when you die eventually. He brings it forward. He's making Jesus the one who gives you life here and now forever. Do you know that life? Have you received that life? Are you heirs of that life and flourishing and enjoying that life? You see, I believe there might be two kinds of people here. There might be those who are longing for that life but have never really found it. You've been coming for a while. But it's very easy, can I say, in Britain, especially in an established church, to be a cultural or a nominal Christian. But today is your day. Receive that life. Not just assenting to the prayers, but receiving the Spirit. There's a little distinction there. But there are others of you who been Christians for ages, and I'm just praying for the Holy Spirit to cascade and pour down and flood your lives today so that uh, out of your heart may flow a river of living water, streams of living water. What you've received, you cannot hold inside. When you turn on a tap, it starts gushing out. Why is that? Because the water pressure inside the tap is higher than the air pressure out in the room. So if that's water pressure, how about spirit pressure? If you're filled up with the Holy Spirit and you've got it rising in your heart, when you open your mouth and you release that valve, what comes out? Not toxic hate crime, but mercy, grace, love, joy, and hope in the power of the living God. I pray, therefore, you'll both receive the Holy Spirit if you haven't yet got started, or be filled with the Holy Spirit if you are already a mature believer. I should add, by the way, that I've tried to set up behind me three signs of the Holy Spirit. There's the fire of the candle. Let the fire fall, we're going to sing in a minute. There's the water. Some of you have got water bottles with you. Uh, you need that for life. And I've got the oil there because we anointed Isabel with oil last week. You may want some of that today. Each of these are signs of the Holy Spirit at work. Never mind the sign. What about the reality? This is what we need. I end with these two images. Jesus used a maternal, a mother's image, in order to welcome, he wanted to gather people. Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have just gathered you to myself? Just like a mother hen gathers her chicks. Jesus is acting like a mother hen as he looks at Jerusalem. I've been there. There's a little chapel built called Dominus Flavit. It's called The Lord Wept. He was given the ministry of tears over a city that should be welcoming the Messiah, but had a history of killing the prophets. Well, I pray that we can 
find resistance to judgment. Tragically, it came true in AD 70. Not one stone would be left on another. And they came uh, to that terrible end. The fire fell, the fire of judgment. Reminds me of a story of a mother hen in Australia. A couple of bush rangers were coming through an area that had suffered from terrible fires. Uh, my, my sister had her house destroyed by fires in California. All she could find were the two earrings that our mother had given her on her wedding day, the whole of her life destroyed by fire. And this fire was sweeping through Australia likewise. And when they came to an old sack, the bush ranger kicked it and said, I don't know what that is. And out ran three little chicks. You know what had happened? The mother hen had gathered her chicks under her wings and the bush fire had gone over her, but she saved the life of her chicks. Jesus did that for you, my friends. He took the wrath of God and bore the fire in order that we as little chicks can have life now and forever. How about that for gratitude? And the last picture I give you is from Paul himself, writing to the young Christians in Thessalonica. We were gentle among you, he writes, as a mother taking care of her young children. And he wants to see nurture in sacrifice and prayer, in pastoral care and mission. And I pray that under God we too have tried to model and offer that tender care to you today. So, as I round up, can I ask you to respond to the Lord Jesus? Not to me, but to the Lord. And so, I bring it to an end. If you think that this is a sign of love, granted in normal terms through a mother, but in divine terms through Jesus Christ, we want to thank God for this life, but for eternal life. And Jesus is the one who can give us that life. Some of you will just want to underline this because this is a prayer you prayed some time ago. But if this is yours for the first time, it would be wonderful for you to know that this is a new start of eternal life. Can I pray this prayer for you? Both lots. Those of you who are seeking Christ, those of you who are deepening your discipleship, Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me for where I've forgotten you and ignored you. I turn from everything I know to be wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. Now I receive that gift. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit to fill me, equip me, and send me so I can be with you forever. Amen. That's a beautiful prayer. And so what I'm saying is this. We can respond and we can be practical. Last night I put out on every seat our Mission Week Living Hope response card. Would you like to turn to it now? Perhaps you put it to one side. Would you like to pick it up? There's a response card right beside you. Uh, If you have a smartphone, you can just click onto the QR code right there. How's that? That's quite digital, isn't it? Slightly above my pay grade, but you can do it straight away. If you want to, you can actually have a pen and just say, 
That's me, my name. Email if you'd like to. And there's a couple of boxes to tick. I'd like someone to get in touch because I want to talk about my discipleship, my service. Or I want to talk about my questions and my concerns. And I'd love to join the Alpha course. We heard that announced is coming in May. Some wonderful stepping stones through Lent to Easter and then to grow. Some of you will have done Alpha already. It'd be great to join in with Sam to support that. Some of you may have a friend who'd like to go on the Alpha course. You might just say, you know what, I'd be ready to do that course again. You know, come with me, let's go together. We could, you could be blessed in deepening your understanding of the course and your friend might come to Christ on the, on the course. Could you fill that in now for me? This is the last moment of our Living Hope mission. Please fill it in if you can. And we've got four friends, all four of the team, on each, by each of the silver tables, two at the front and two at the back. And as you hand your card in, we'd love to give you a copy of Why Jesus. So you can be deepened in your understanding and share your faith with a friend. Last thoughts. We pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so while you talk about the gospel with your, these four Wycliffe friends at the silver table, I'm going to stay at the front with the oil to pray that we can have more of Christ's healing in healing. <laughs> Alleluia, and thank you. God bless.